on today's episode, what to do when injuries aren't getting worse, but aren't getting better either. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Thanks, Run Smarter Scholars, for joining me on another episode. Um, what to do when injuries aren't getting worse but aren't getting better, kind of stuck in this limbo, is a really nice topic that I've wanted to do for a while. Kind of goes in the same line as um, differentiating a niggle from an injury or those tips when managing multiple injuries. I've had a lot of great feedback from those particular types of episodes. It's really sparked um, a lot of reevaluation, I guess. People just doing an audit of their past symptoms, their past workouts and recognizing whether they should take action or whether they should change something in their management. I think today is, or this topic today is um, up there with that. This week I've been working hard on the Run Smarter book. If you've listened to the previous episodes, uh, this year is going to be the year that I just knock it out of the park and have dedicated two hours during my weekdays where put my phone on silent, flip that upside down, get that out of my way and just dedicate two solid hours to working on the book. And so I'm really enjoying it. The The amount of content um, or ideas that I have that convert into content and I just read through a chapter. I'm like, yep, I'm really, really happy with how this turned out. So I'm moving along a lot quicker than what I thought. I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would as well. And keep you posted on any updates. So I think the start of today's topic is a, it's worth reminding you about the acceptable pain levels, acceptable tolerance uh, that we've discussed so many times before. So for most cases, for most running related injuries, with a couple of exceptions, any symptoms below a four out of 10 pain during the exercise is what in most cases we would categorize as acceptable. However, symptoms need to return to baseline within 24 hours and the injury itself needs to improve week by week. And it's that last one, that improvement week by week, which really um, stumps a lot of people when it comes to a certain injury, because it might just be hovering at like a one or um when you do a certain intense exercise or hills, then it becomes a one, but everything else is a pain-free um, experience. And then it returns to baseline and or returns to pain-free when you're not running or the next day. 
And so you're like, yeah, it's not really worth worrying about, but does it improve week by week? If in three weeks time is that same one out of 10 pain there, it's a common um, characteristic. It's a common experience that runners have, which is why a lot of, why I decided to do this topic to start with, but why a lot of people are like, well, do I really need to sort it out? It's not getting worse. It's not getting better. So if it's not irritating me too much, can I just go by doing my normal training? Is that worth doing? Um, but there's also the example, like a little bit more of a severe example where pain is a three out of 10 during a running session. And that is dictated by the injury dictates like your running mileage or your running intensity. Cause if you run too far or run too fast, then it sparks a four or five plus out of 10 pain. And so you can just idly go about what's comfortable for it. What is acceptable levels of pain and just week by week, it's not getting worse, not getting better. So you just continue doing that same dosage, that same mileage, um, without any increase and yeah, just, some people are just happy with that. Some people are just happy with doing the same thing without progression because they're scared that their injury will flare up. But again, it's not getting better, but it's not getting worse either. So they just stay in limbo. So pain uh, less than four out of 10 returns to baseline, but improves week by week means you're doing the right thing. It means you're doing the right thing with your management. Uh, it means the injury itself is healing and negotiating uh, whatever rehab, load management that you're doing, but it does need to happen week by week. And it does need to continue happening week by week until it's pain-free and you're back running uh, at whatever running goals you have set for yourself. So some common responses I hear is it does get better. Uh, Let's just say some people say, yeah, but it does get better week by week, but then I just have a bad week and then it fluctuates for a couple of weeks, but then it starts getting better again. And then sometimes I feel it, I don't feel it at all for, you know, one or two weeks. So then it is getting better, but then it comes back and it can be very hard to interpret that week by week analysis because all of a sudden you're, um, you're noticing it improving week by week and you say, yes, I'm doing the right thing. But then all of a sudden it's flared up. And then if you look back over the past couple of months, you look back, six to eight weeks in the past and uh, sort of focus on what's happening today, it's probably the same. So it's not getting better week by week. It's just having a couple of weeks of fluctuating, having a few good weeks, one really bad week, followed by improvements. So you do want to take a, a larger scope, larger time frame, rather than honing in on week by week. You probably can look month by month because if you are looking month by month, it's probably not getting better. Another common response is that it just returns with an uptick in volume. So it might be pain-free, it might be improving week by week, but as soon as you start to creep up that running mileage, it the symptoms start to increase. Or someone um, thinks they are getting better, but just stays below their means. And so they say, yeah, it is getting better week by week, but you actually look at their running volumes or their running intensities and they're actually consciously or unconsciously just doing less and less. So it's not really the injury improving week by week. It's your demands that you require of that injury is actually getting less and less. 
So try and catch yourself up with that. Um, I do identify a few of these patterns when talking with runners and jumping on these free injury chats that a lot of the, a lot of you listeners are, are booking in for. And these sort of things do come up all the time, which is why I have so many examples because um, I'm probably jumping on about two or three injury chats per day at the moment and just seeing a few common patterns and a few common responses to managing certain injuries. And if that is you, if you say, yeah, it's, I had three really good weeks, so I must be doing the right thing. But then, you know, my fourth week flared up and then I stayed aggravated for several weeks, but then it's getting better again. So it doesn't prompt any, any change or you to seek treatment or if you're going through that fluctuation over a, a monthly basis, um, or if you're noticing symptoms improve or symptoms get worse with an uptick in volume, or you notice that symptoms are getting better week by week, but you're just pulling back the reins a little bit week by week, it means that your injury isn't getting better and you do need to do something. You need to change something because you're staying in that limbo of it's not getting better, it's not getting worse, and so action needs to be taken. Why can this... Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Tappen, I guess. So that's like the common responses, but why would this happen to an injury? Why would it behave in a certain way? So symptoms that are minor, they become less of an issue. If you have like knee pain and this knee pain is like a five out of 10, you take desperate action to work on your rehab, to modify your load modifications, um, seek treatment, perhaps get it assessed, make sure the diagnosis is correct. So you take action because the, the motivation levels are quite high. But once that injury starts to improve, and then all of a sudden it's pain-free for a couple of runs, or it's just a one out of 10 for a couple of runs. Generally speaking, that motivation drops, the motivation to rehab that injury drops. And so rehab slows down, it potentially stops, or it just doesn't progress. So when I say don't progress, you've probably, if we're using this knee pain as an example, done some bodyweight squats, done some wall sits, maybe done some bodyweight lunges and noticing an improvement, but then it just plateaus out because you're not progressing those exercises. Once it drops, once the pain drops to a one out of 10 or sometimes pain-free, but persists, a physio would say, okay, now's the time to progress your exercises and do uh, weighted squats, weighted lunges, weighted wall sits, all these sort of um the next level that changes the demand or bridges the gap between your current capacity and the running goals that you so desire. And if those motivation levels are quite low because it's now less significant of an injury, then like I say, rehab might slow down, rehab might stop or rehab fails to progress because you're just not motivated enough. So that's when it can just settle into this limbo of not getting better, not getting worse. The other reason why it can happen is symptoms become so minor that you're just not reminded to do the rehab. And 
I've got an example of that um, with my sometimes, I think maybe once a year, maybe a little bit more often, I get this hip flexor issue and it becomes so minor. Like sometimes if I uptick my running mileage, it can happen. If I'm doing more hills, it can happen. Uh, but generally can happen with like harder sessions on the bike because I'm using my hip flexors in a deeper range quite a lot. And when it does happen, symptoms are extremely mild. I don't feel it during a run. I don't feel it during the cycling, but I do start to notice it if I were to say, put on my shoes, like trying to lift up my knee to put my shoes on. If I'm lifting my foot up to say, dry my foot after having a shower. If I am in bed and have to lift my leg um, when they're underneath the sheets. So I'm like almost lifting up the weight of the doona to move around. That would sometimes trigger pain, but none of it is severe enough or the reminders aren't frequent enough to be like, oh, I need to get this sorted out. And this happened to me about two months ago and it was just so mild for about two or three weeks and wasn't getting better, wasn't getting worse, but I wasn't reminding myself to do the rehab because throughout the day it was totally pain-free. I just forgot about it essentially. And once it was two to three weeks, I'm like, Brody, that's enough. Let's actually just be more proactive here. And so I prompted myself a reminder and started doing my rehab and uh, all of a sudden two weeks later completely gone and completely gone for two months and uh, up until the recording of this podcast so that's probably an example of just it being so minor that you're just not um, prompted enough or you're just not reminded enough to do the rehab that sometimes can happen um and another reason why it can happen is kind of the example I said before is just, you just don't progress the rehab enough. Sometimes it calls for progressions to really overcome this injury for good, but people fail to do that because when they progress, they progress with body weight, they progress with a little bit of weighted exercises. And then when it calls for that next little jump, maybe it requires purchasing more equipment or maybe the the sessions are a little bit more intense or harder than what you expect so the motivation levels are a little bit lower the barrier to entry if you have to go to the gym is a lot greater so you're just happy and comfortable sitting in this zero to one out of 10 pain all the time so there's some reasons why it can happen symptoms become so minor that it's less of an issue less reminding or just it becomes less that you just don't see the need or the want or the desire to progress your exercises. So you can just fall into that limbo really quickly. So I guess to sum up this whole particular topic, I have a bunch of takeaways, a bunch of recommendations I think you should do. And so let's dive into those now. Okay, here we go with my takeaways. I have a list of about eight or so. Number one, look over a longer time frame a longer period of time to accurately assess whether something is actually improving or not. Really easy if it's an injury that lasts, you know, one or two weeks and then you overcome it, away you go. But if something has persisted for several months, you know, six to 12 weeks, it does require a little bit more of an analysis week by week so that you can really have an accurate say 
of whether it's getting better or not. And this is mainly for those people in that scenario where it's like, yeah, it is getting better week by week. But then on the fourth week, it's a little bit of, of flared up for something that I did. Don't know what it was, but now it's been irritated since, but back on the improve, like those sort of um, fluctuations and patterns, characteristics that just happen over and over again. You really want to have a um, broader range, a broader time frame to be like, okay, eight weeks ago, how much better am I right now compared to where I was eight weeks ago? And if it's not significantly better, then you need to change something. You need to do something. So that's number one, just looking over a larger time frame. The second one is do not plateau your exercises or be, have your exercises become less frequent until you completely dissipate your symptoms, until you've really overcome those symptoms. And that just is for the group of people that as symptoms improve and maybe running mileage is more tolerated or you're back to doing the stuff you love with minor irritation, don't get complacent. Don't plateau your exercises. Um, make sure that you continue to progress until it's completely dissipated and you feel confident you feel strong, there's no deficits compared to the other side and you're back to doing the, the volumes and intensity that you love, which is my third point. Don't let your injury dictate your running volume, your running intensity, your running terrain, what shoes you want to run in. Don't let injuries dictate that because people can easily say, oh yes, I am a lot better. Uh, it's pretty much gone away and then you ask them, okay, so you're back to trail running. Oh no, I don't run hills anymore because hills will flare up that injury. Make sure that isn't you. Make sure you address a lot of these things. Make sure that you consider that bridge, um, bridging the gap between what your current capacity is or the current tolerance that your injury can tolerate and your running goals, where you really want to be, where that running freedom um, benchmark is. Please keep that in mind and <clears throat> carries on into my next point, which if a meaningful task is aggravating your injury, you need to consider that as part of your rehab. You need to work that in as a goal. And so you might say, okay, my injury is a lot better. I'm fine as long as I keep to the flats and avoid hills or avoid speed work. Hills and speed work, if that's something you want to return to, should be a part of your rehab. It's bridging the gap and trying to get to that stage because that's how your injury or your body becomes more resilient. Really important to keep in mind. Like I work with PHT clients, proximal hamstring tendinopathy, all the time. And they say something like, oh yeah, running, running is good. Like I'm fine with running, but I need to keep on the level. I need to keep it slow and need to make sure that... Um, I'd be very conscious of my speed. I say, fantastic, that's good. Continue running at that. Don't irritate it. But we need to start implementing something within your strength and conditioning to foster strength, to foster compression, which would be the tendon compression as they're going up a hill. So we're taking their meaningful tasks that usually aggravate symptoms and working it into their rehab. Some people say, or some clients with PHT say that deadlifts, doing a deadlift irritates them. Okay, let's start with the most mild form of a deadlift we can possibly think of. It might be body weight. It might be just an empty bar, just doing one quarter range of movement 
and holding that for five seconds, coming back up and doing that five times, really innocent, really low loading, but we're factoring it into the rehab and progressing from there. Um, yeah, like Achilles, Achilles tendinopathy is quite often, oh yeah, it's fine with my running, but I just need to avoid speed work. Well, how about we integrate some speed work into your rehab so that you can do some speed work in the future without the Achilles flaring up, you're becoming more resilient. And it's just something to keep in mind that um, we're trying to bridge that gap. So the next point I had is just progress your rehab, make sure you are being progressive. A lot of people do bodyweight exercises, they feel a lot better, and then they try to negotiate the tolerances or the load requirements for running, but they've just limited themselves severely because they've only done bodyweight rehab exercises. Uh, and if you're like me, who had a really minor issue with my hip flexor and just wasn't reminding myself to do the rehab, jog your memory, create a trigger, set alarms, like have a pattern for the time of the day to do this exercise so that you are committed to it and do it regularly. What I did was I got my TheraBands and I put it on in my office where my client would sit. So I'm walking past it multiple times a day. And then as soon as I see it there, I'm like, oh, let me just do my exercises and end up doing them about three times a day. And that's why I overcome it quickly. I progressed, progressed with stronger bands, progressed with greater range of movement, progressed my, um, my exercise with speed. So I started off really slow and controlled, but as I got better, started in integrating some um, faster efforts with the TheraBand. And then um, once it was all good, overcome, don't need to do it again. And that's only because I set myself that trigger, that reminder. Some people, if they have to do, say my girlfriend, her grandma does balancing exercises where she's um, past her 90s and she does single leg balancing work and tandem stance balancing work. And she does it when she brushes her teeth or when she's heat, uh, when her kettle is, um, when she sets off her kettle to have her tea while the kettle is boiling or while she's brushing her teeth, she's doing those balancing exercises. So she's creating that reminder throughout the entire day. So she stays committed to it and then it becomes a habit and then uh, increases the likelihood of success. My next point, if you're not seeing results, if you're trying to progress your exercises or you're creating these triggers um, or you're uh, doing all the things that I've recommended in this episode and you're still not seeing results, you're still not getting to that zero and overcoming that injury, you need to do an entire audit of your management plan, your strength exercises, maybe the diagnosis maybe reassessing your running volumes, your intensities, because there's something within that management and that rehab and the treatment that is going awry. So make sure that that's, um, that's taken care of. If you're doing all the right things, it's still not seeing the results. I've said this a couple of times, but my very final point is a good one. And it's just a reminder that your rehab is designed to bridge the gap between your current capacity with whatever injury you have and the requirements that you set for yourself. So whatever speed you wanna run at, whatever terrain, whatever weekly mileage you want to do, if you wanna do swimming, cycling and running, but you can't, like we don't have the tolerance to do that, strength and conditioning, rehab exercises are designed to bridge that gap and get you to those goals and then beyond 
the goals so that you become a lot more resilient. So you're less likely to break down. That's what I have today. Uh, I can do a, a bit of a recap, but I feel like I've done mini recaps throughout that entire thing. Let me just quickly go through it. Make sure your injury improves week by week. If it's not improving week by week, you need to change something. Be progressive with your exercises. Make sure that your your overall goal is to become as resilient as possible. Don't become complacent unless the injury is totally 100% overcome and you're back to running with freedom and you're not letting your injury dictate the mileage, the speed, the terrain that you set upon yourself that you want to achieve. So as I sign off today, guys, remember, every new insight brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn, but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.